tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney+. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode of Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Go to casper.com slash Gilbert for $50 toward any mattress. Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre. Our first year anniversary party continues with part two of our marathon interview conducted at Nutmeg Post with our guest, Craig Bierico, Drew Friedman, Tom Leopold, Bill Persky and Paul Schaefer. This episode has it all. Acromegaly, the Brooklyn Dodgers, and Russell Crowe as Mo Howard. Don't miss it. Before I forget, we have a new sponsor. Who is that, Gil? This is Casper Mattresses. Oh, yes. They got in touch with me. And uh, they said, we want to send you a mattress. Yeah. And then I got in touch with you. That was very kind of you. Yeah. Yeah, I should say that Gilbert offered me the mattress, which was very, very kind. And I hear great things about these mattresses. I just bought a mattress. Yeah. A couple of months ago, which is a change for me because... Because, well, I I, uh, I wanted you to have the mattress because up until then... You were sleeping on subway gratings yes, and yes. using newspapers for blankets. Yes, I was masked, masking taping placemats together. and uh, Like Lucy in the stone pillow. I was sleeping on a grate. <laughs> but I, I've been sleeping on it, and it does make a difference. Well, because it's a combination of, of uh, premium latex foam and memory foam, which is kind of a hybrid. It's a different kind of mattress. It's supposed to be incredibly comfortable. Yeah, it feels totally different, and... And it's not then dealing with them isn't like when you go into these stores. Oh, mattress Where salesman. it's become like going yeah. to a car lot. Yeah, I dread it. Where they, they, you got to like try to negotiate with them and, and they do that thing of like, 
Same with car lots. They'll go, oh, I got to go discuss that with my boss yeah. and see if we can give you a deal. On this is that. a much easier way to get a mattress. Yeah. And you, if, if you can sleep on it with all the terrible things you've done in your life on your conscience, <laughs> it must be a very comfortable mattress. You want to read that call to action? Uh, yes. And, and it's you could get for $500, you get a twin size mattress and $950 for a king-size mattress. Uh, Comparing that to industry averages, that's an outstanding price point. It is, actually, and now I'm sorry I gave you the mattress. Yes. Mm. You see, I've always said you're an idiot. (laughs) What about that uh, that last part there? So get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com slash Gilbert and using Gilbert that's C-A-S-P-E-R dot com slash Gilbert for your savings we were so- talking about lead-ins I spoke <laughs> at a, woman, a woman's group of the <laughs> Temple Emanuel last week I was invited for their year end thing and uh, the thing, I walked in and really it was like, this is terrible to say, but it's like I was there the day after they liberated Auschwitz to tell everybody <laughs> how they were going to be treated. I mean, yeah, it was the worst face. I mean, it was just, and I'm now going to be the entertainment. And oh. they finally, after a meeting, an election of officers, it's now like three o'clock in the afternoon. And they say, and our uh, guest uh, speaker today is Bill Persky. But first, let's rise for a moment for those of our sisters who are not with us any longer. That's the intro. That's, your, yeah. wow. That's almost as good as the priest who interview, introduced you, the yeah. Monsignor, Monsignor, when you yeah. did, yeah, when yeah. you did your your show down in right, exactly. But it's may I lead into story. my story about that? When I was a child, my I was a child story. of about twelve. 12 years old, up in my uh, hometown, Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. Not much entertainment <laughs> up there, a town of 100,000. Not, not a bad size, but totally isolated and freezing cold on the North Shore Lake Superior. But there, one year there was an Israeli bond drive. Actually, every year there was, you know. <laughs> and that, the bond drive was a rabbi and a celebrity going all across Canada <laughs> selling Israeli bonds. <laughs> Having evenings at the shul uh, where the bonds would be sold. People would pledge right there after the entertainment. Well, this year, and I'm 12 years old, the entertainment is Ricky Lane and Velvel. Uh, Oh, Oh, lucky you. Velvel. And this is a, uh, for those readers, uh, listeners, it's a Catskills Act uh, from back in the day, the 60s, a ventriloquist act. Velvel is a dummy, a Yiddish dummy with a Yiddish accent. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot he had a Yiddish accent. Somehow, Sullivan loved this act. I guess he thought that it it appealed to the Jewish audience. It would bring in the Jewish audience for him. And they were on so many times that they were huge. So huge that when it was announced that the Israeli bond drive in the evening in June, I think, was going to include Ricky Lane and Velvel. Oh. It had to be opened up to the Goyim as well. It wasn't going to be just 
Because it was act was on the Sullivan Show, and they were coming to Thunder Bay, Ontario. The mayor was going to come, and all you know, dignitary, city dignitary, everybody was going to show up. Ricky Lane and Velvet was a huge sellout. Now, it's an Orthodox synagogue. Now, this means there are very strict rules for having an evening like this. You have, the food has to be. Completely kosher. And in the case of this, it's got to be brought in from Winnipeg, Manitoba, because there's no kosher butchers or anything in this town. So it's all kosher. And my parents, God love them. They're no longer with with us. And this is, you know, I thank them every day for uh, encouraging me uh, to live my life. And it's turned out so well and everything. They had assimilated quite well, you know. they. I don't know why there were any Jews up there in Thunder Bay, but this my parents' second generation or something, you know, already very uh, goyish in their ways and very well-dressed and cosmopolitan. And now their goyish friends are going to be coming to the shul to see Ricky Lane and Velvel, and it's going to be kosher and whatever it is with the dishes and everything, and they're starting to worry. And I'm 12 years old, seeping, getting all of this. They're worrying about, you know, it can be embarrassing a little bit for the Goyim to come to see Ricky Lane and Velville. And, you know, it's got to be kosher. And everything is, I'm aware of this exquisite tension. And we go to see the show. Now, there's a dinner first. It's all kosher. And the mayor, I think, makes a speech and welcomes Ricky Lane and Velville. And, of course, the rabbi from wherever. And he gets up to speak first. The rabbi speaks about Israel and how it's been a tough year and you really need it. And as Jews, you've got to reach deep into your pockets. And he's got a heavy, heavy Yiddish accent. And buy Israeli bonds. What do I see? Who, who do I see? And I don't know. Maybe it was a tough year in Thunder Bay for the Jews, but nobody Uh-oh. raised their hands. Well, this rabbi goes into a rant and t- a tantrum, and it's half Yiddish and half English, and my parents' heads just drop like this because it's the funniest thing and the most embarrassing thing. And you people, and you should rot and get to learn. Ah, I'm not afraid. And now, Ricky Lane and Velvet. <laughs> Well, I just, I can't Great. tell you. I remember uh-huh. so clearly the image of Ricky Lane down on the ground <laughs> with the dummy, you know, getting, sticking his hand in the dummy and getting ready. And he's saying, wow, Rabbi, I, whew, that's like, wow. <laughs> I don't know. Try to do comedy, you know. Comedy after that, Rabbi. I just, wow. And I'm just, <laughs> And he says, but don't worry, we'll, I'm sure that we'll talk to the people after Rabbi and we'll, we'll make sure that there's a better outcome for the And then he just bump, goes into his act. Wow. And it's just one of those life-changing things. But how did the act, how did he fare? Like, how did he do? Did he did he win them back? Oh, I think so. Uh, yeah, the people were dying to see him. Well, yeah. Because he'd been Jewish, on Sullivan. So we're, yeah, that was... <laughs> what was that? Velvo was Jewish, so... Velvo was Jewish, yeah. exactly. Knucklehead then, you know, hated Jews, everything which is ironic. Kosher. Yeah. Jolson wouldn't have... Jolson would have left Jolson the building. didn't need a mic or a Jew. No. He didn't need... A, he didn't need a mic. I know some. I thought of some other Jew haters from. Hollywood. Oh, let's, oh, let's, let's talk about the Jew haters. Yeah. All right. Well, of course, Ward Bond. Right. Ward oh, Bond. Oh, Ward right. Bond. He, he was hate, the best Jew hater there. He hated Hollywood. Jews and Chinese waiters. <laughs> <laughs> hated. Waiters. What did he? Waiters. What did he do on Sunday night? <laughs> he would garage. <laughs> he would Christmas. <laughs> and uh, Robert Mitchum, uh, sadly, 
There's an Esquire interview with him where he's just ranting about the Jews. That oh, that makes sense. He's like, our man. I'm sorry to say. Sometimes it hurts. You heard I that. I heard Robert Mitchum said in some interview about something about the Holocaust that it killed alleged. Six million he goes Jews. alleged. And he goes alleged. Right. Ah. Right. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what, what do you think of him now? We still love him. Heaven knows Mr. Allison, my ass. I mean... What I Jesus. love about Paul's story is uh, that the Jews were embarrassed that the, the Goyim would see, see the rabbi like. going, <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, like they hadn't seen Jews before in the town. Well, it was, you know, we don't want <laughs> Jews to appear. You yeah. know, Paul is well, such so a great musician. Every... He doesn't have to be this good at all this He's other stuff, He's good at everything, too. this guy. Really? I mean, you are a great storyteller. Oh, I, that's so nice. Well, that's one of my best stories. Oh. God, and it, and it, it left an indelible mark. Yes. And then there was a little moment where he was signing autographs, and I was lined up with my little thing and gave it to him. He didn't speak at all. He just, his eyes got, well, he widened his eyes as he looked at me. And I, it just freaked me out, and I left without speaking at all. That was Ricky Lane and Velvet, yeah. Do you have a Velvet doll? Um, no. Did they make dolls out of it? I, I wish it was a Rick, I think Tom Leopold gave me his Lester doll last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was like I one of the most touching Velvet things. Yeah, you know, I've told I the story weeked. somewhere, and uh, I, Ricky Lane's daughter uh, contacted me. And you I told got you very, to stop telling it? or No, just, just you know, <laughs> That's sweet. she appreciated it. She That's loved sweet. it. Do you think she owns the doll? She has, yeah, somewhere oh, like in that, that family is the doll. I did my best trying to, you know, ingratiate myself to her brief, you know, for uh, that brief period of time and become friends. And what about the doll? You know, uh, is there another velvet? Is there a spare velvet or anything? I'm, I'm building up a Jewish comedy museum, a Jewseum. I would love to have that velvet. You know. <laughs> now, who had Farfel the dog? Was that him too? No. That was Soupy, wasn't it? Oh, that it? was no. David. Dan, uh, Danny O'Day? Danny O'Day. Danny O'Day and Farfel. Oh, and Farfel, Farfel, the dog yeah. puppet. Yeah. 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 Uh, they, for Nestle. Uh, that's yeah. weren't they the ones that they also did? N e s t l e s. Yeah, that was Farfel. Yeah, that was Farfel. But Farfel's also a chocolate. And then no, Farfel's a Jewish food. Craig Bierko, guest number eight on the call board. I have a question that's Jew related and story related, and I wanted to not an easy combination. And I've always wondered this. It's a legendary story. Maybe you're aware of it. Maybe you're not. It's a it's an SNL legend story. That big Michael O'Donoghue fan and the, all the lore and and, uh, and there was a story of a sketch that he always wanted to get from the very beginning on the air. Do you know which one I'm talking the about? The Nazi sketch. Yeah. I was in it. He got it on the air. You were I, in it? And I was in it playing the piano. Oh, we please. went out with, you know, A Big Tomorrow Belongs to Me or something. It ended with like, just like the scene in Cabaret. Was this the two guys on the bench? Wasn't there one? Like uh, two? I can't remember the the what was in the story, but it was just a, a little slice of Nazi life <laughs> <laughs> in, in a you know a bar. Yeah, with and everyone uh, it ends with a sing song. I don't know. Maybe there was some spy activity. He and he was very concerned with all the details, getting the costumes exactly right, the uniforms exactly right, and the way they held the cigarettes and everything. And he, he, and was, he was very in, obsessed. With I think he was in it too. Wasn't there a Fred Silverman's bunker sketch? Oh, famous? and he did that yeah. at the end. Yeah. Yes, yeah. the sketch that I heard about was there were two old men on a bench. Yeah, and one looks up, and the other looks up, and he's got the calic hair over, and he's got the little Nazi Hitler mustache, a gray mustache. And the Jewish, because he's obviously a Jewish guy, looks over at him and goes, are you, are you? And he goes, yeah, that's me. Like, I, 
this isn't ringing any mm, bells. Nah, no. Dream, I, I feel funny telling it. it, huh? Maybe, maybe I'm dreaming it. Maybe yeah, I dreamed it. Dream? Hey, can 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 we? Uh, I've heard this story a million variations. Has nothing to do with the Jews. No, oh. but it is one of these great stories of. Uh, you may have heard it, Paul. Yeah. Uh, Whitney Houston, Jodie Foster. Did you just start talking in the middle of my story? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fuck you. I'm guest number you're fucking okay. eight. Is that what happens? <laughs> Come, on, Come on, fellas. Come on. I don't want to finish the Go, fuck. I'll finish, finish it. Finish I'll story. finish it on somebody right. else's podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, was there a story? There was oh, one. Let's hear it. Oh. Let's hear it. Was there a story? What kind of ass burger what the fuck was that I, I literally was in the middle I was like I wasn't even in the middle of a sentence I was in the middle of a word I was like in one, and you're like I have a st- didn't learn, yeah. didn't Dorian are you kidding are you kidding Wait, you had a story it's Greg yeah. by the way my name yeah. is Greg okay. no Greg T. Nelson okay. no Greg T. Nelson no 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 was it, so the the one guy's obviously Hitler and the other guy's a Jew and, he, and, and whatever you would want a Jew to say to Hitler he says so beautifully he goes how could you possibly justify the all the horror and all that and he says and he goes on this 10 minute speech and then Hitler leans over and whispers into his ear and the Jew goes my mistake I apologize oh my goodness my, listen I didn't I didn't think of it that I didn't even think of that and that was apparently that was the sketch no. And maybe because it played pretty much like it just played in this room. <laughs> yeah, I certainly don't remember. But it also, this I is also, why I didn't want you no to no one, no one, no one could play a joke through a, f- a backdraft like you just created. <laughs> All right. That was like man drove a nuclear submarine into my delivery. I not interrupted. That would have killed. No, that's like the night that it was on. They interrupted in the middle to announce that forty-seven thousand people were killed in an in an war and then they came back to the that, that's what you just put up with yeah exactly. and that's why he flunked out of host school by the What's way host school i love it he just flunked right the hell out of what's the hitler school? fact tommy interesting hitler fact do you know why hitler didn't drink yeah why why, why? He, mean drunk ah <laughs> <laughs> mean shit <laughs> Like two personalities, you know? <laughs> two fucking uh, schizophrenic. Couldn't handle it. Couldn't, uh, couldn't handle the most. Didn't, didn't handle All right, it. Jody, what, Jody, Jody Foster, Foster is circling. Well, well, wait. I heard that on on the History Channel, <laughs> oh, yeah, well. they yeah. said that Hitler, his personal physician, used to give him three pills a day, one after each meal, to control his flatulence. This is what they said on the History about, Channel. He was worried about grossing people out. Yeah. <laughs> he was worried about killing all Hitler's the Jews. Hitler's farts. Yeah. 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 Wow. I don't want to be uh, improper. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. By the way, kill another 80 fucking million. That's yeah, right. I don't want <laughs> So, yes, this story about Jodie Foster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Whitney Houston. And, and I always forget her name. The Kate. one from... Uh, the uh, Amish people and Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis. Oh, gee. That, oh, according my God. to the story, I, I know where this is going. <laughs> okay, Bill. I can feel it. Kelly, Kelly McGillis. I heard it like a million variations. There, I'm sure there that, were a million variations. But that Kelly McGillis was uh, going out with Whitney Houston, 
And then Kelly McGillis had an affair with Jodie Foster. And then Whitney Houston beat up Kelly McGillis. And uh, she was there. Oh, with, I like, remember reading about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, where, go ahead. Where in Please. God's name would you read about that? <laughs> I'm serious. Variety. In Variety. a stall, Variety. in a men's room? I mean, <laughs> Red Bull. Well, there too. <laughs> I got to say, this is one hell of an interesting erection I've got. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. Right? I don't know how to express this. What made you hard? The fact that she beat them or they were lesbians? I think it might have been uh, when Gilbert interrupted me. <laughs> Interesting. Is when it started. That, uh, there was a tingle. Oh, I'm sorry he let you go back to the start. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually asked Tom Leopold a question the other day. I can bring it up again. If, okay. If, uh, it was about Ernest Borgnine and Ethel Merman uh, when they were married. <laughs> I, 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 there goes I, the heart on. Well, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Craig. Like a lender's bagel. I emailed Tom. Uh, I think you were on jury duty during it, but I emailed you. I said, "Do you think uh, Ernest Borgnine ate Ethel Merman?" And what was your response? Um, With a Bordeaux, I think. No, uh, yeah. I forget what did I say. Fine Bordeaux. Something about back Fine hair. Back hair. Oh. Do you know way she could stand his back hair? I don't know. You know, at the writers <laughs> at the Writers Guild dinner, which used to be a big thing in LA, they would do this thing with film clips, and there was there was this thing of dwarfs wrestling, and it they'd always do uh, a story meeting at the William Morris Agency, ah. you know? and then there was another another thing that they had of two trains just barreling in and up in the air and they used that they said and the big romantic news of the year is Ethel Merman and Ernest Borg (laughs) 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 well you know they always said why you know they asked uh, Ethel why she you know divorced uh, Ernie (laughs) Ernie. he says she goes well how'd you like to hear oh no why, why Ernie divorced her he goes well, how'd you like to hear, hey, Ernie, every morning? <laughs> oh, my God. It's probably apocryphal. apocryphal and it was just an echo. I yeah. heard that the, scre- the screaming on their wedding night, you could hear it miles away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Stuart, Stuart <laughs> boys, people in the hotel. Like, yeah. Stuart Whitman was, was in Bel Air, over a mile away. He says he could hear the screaming, like yeah. Banshee screams that night. They, and they he say, never got over it. Yeah, and they say that they, they, the sweat the two raised... <laughs> Can still be seen floating over. Well, Tom, uh, they had to build a viaduct. They had to build. Lake in Vegas. When I asked you about uh, uh, Ernie uh, eating Ethel, you said, "Well, he uh, he had more hair between his teeth than he had on his back." Then. Oh yes, Tommy. Do you do you have a story about? Thank you. Uh, I like it. Something I liked it. Do you have a story like about Joyce Brothers' husband? Oh, big story. Well, Paul knows this story. Whose husband? Doctor Joyce. Doctor Joyce Brothers was also a, a doctor. Oh, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Joyce Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, would this be a good name for a black soul, an old, old, old soul, black blues musician? African-American. Yeah. Uh, uh, Washington, Dr. Joyce Brothers Jefferson. <laughs> no, I guess not. Okay. Um, what was the question? Joy. <laughs> Something about you and Harry oh, and Club yeah. Paradise? Well, Harry Shear and I wrote a, uh, were sent down by a studio to write the movie uh, Club Paradise. Of course, the movie was completely rewritten after we got back, but we spent a week in Haiti, me and Harry Shear. Harry, of course, Paul knows, he comes with huge metal boxes. I said, what the f- what's that? He goes, my espresso machine. 
So it brings, I don't know, it's apropos of nothing. I just wanted you to paint a picture for you guys. <laughs> anyway, we get down there, and the whole time, we're, nobody nobody wants to get near us, you know. And by the end of it, everyone's sitting with us, and we're stickling. But anyway, we on the plane back, we both got just just a projectile diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. Really shit. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring it back, to the, back to the theme. Yeah. So, back to the theme. The, the, Wait a minute. I need to picture that. <laughs> uh, Boom! You know, that kind of It stuff. had nowhere yeah. to go. Yeah, well, no, it goes. Hit. No, you'll love it. It has a, one, a cute button at the end. Um, no, I didn't mean the story. I meant the story. Oh, yeah. it oh then I don't know. There's nowhere the for it to go. <laughs> so we, no, 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 there's a cute button to the end. Yeah. <laughs> I got to draw that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. My uh, doctor says, Harry was from L.A., so my doctor says, you got to go get your stool tested. Uh, Harry Shearer. So Harry Shearer and I have to. And it turns out the stool doctor was Dr. Joyce Brothers' husband. Oh, wow. yeah. He specialized in shit. I don't know yeah. what. What did you take that in school or something? What are you in for? Ah, uh, cardiac so surgery. Did she. Yeah. That was yeah, his obsession. I, I'd like to. I really yeah. want to get down to the bottom of shit. <laughs> Try to cure shit or something. I don't know what he wants. Anyway, shit. yeah. So we go there. Was that like a proctologist or something different? Like. No, the weird thing was, it was an office, a doctor's office, so unlike anything lab. I'd ever seen. Shit, shit lab. <laughs> it was a shit lab. Uh. <laughs> Schlip lab terrier. No, it was a shit lab. <laughs> and there were all these doors. Stalls. Like stalls, but doors Stools. like phone booths with doors on them. Yeah. That they give you like a, a huge slurpy cup, you know, you know, <laughs> like the big, big gulp, you know. <laughs> you take it, and, you, and they give you something to make. You know, meanwhile, they give everybody, this place was packed. Everybody, everybody was there to take a shit. <laughs> and they give you this stuff to drink. <laughs> <laughs> they give you this stuff to drink, and everybody's just, just waiting, like on down on starting blocks, to, you know, ah. to go into the the, the individual toilets. Ah. And uh, you know, I don't have an ending, but with a story no, like that, well, do I really you don't need, need it. No, now I'm just gonna live the rest of my life in the middle of that story. What, a, what other podcast would feature a story like that? I have a Demon Wilson story. Hey, he's got a Demon Wilson. Celebrities story. who carried guns. Okay. Well, not even that one. I mean, I, I direct. Did a pilot with Demond. Demond Wilson was Lamont. Lamont. Yeah, I, uh, no you wonder he shot me. And in the Odd Couple. Lamont. Anyway, I directed this pilot, and and the producer Lila Garrett, it, it, he carried a gun. It was you know, and she said, I understand that uh, Lamont is carrying a gun on the set. He's got a gun with him. I said, Yeah. She said, Well, tell him not to do that. I said, No, no. The producer tells him not to do it. The director tells him how to hold it. <laughs> but he was the worst guy in the world, wow. the luckiest human being ever. And they were doing a uh, Dean Martin roast in uh, in uh, Vegas, and there was a great old comedy writer, I mean, legend, Harry Crane. Harry Crane. Oh, Harry, 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 Harry Crane. Harry Crane. The best. The, best. the worst a, human being on earth. Melissa but, Gilbert's uh, grandfather. Melissa Gilbert's grandfather. Huh? Yeah. But, yeah. But the, yeah. What? It was well, Melissa Gilbert's grandfather. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I thought you yeah. said it was Gilbert's yeah. grandfather. Uh, I would have told us anyway. <laughs> anyway. Gilbert's grandfather. Who was your grandfather? He was really funny. And now they have all these stars there, Sinatra and and... Bing Crosby and Bob Hope and everything, and Lamont Wilson comes down. They pick everybody up at uh, at the airport with limos and thing, and they all have suites. And Lamont is the only one complains. 
my room isn't good enough, mm-hmm. my this isn't that, I want chips, I want that. He drove everybody Wet crazy. <laughs> and Harry said to him, you're a big star, huh? He said, you bet your ass I am. He said, do you have uh, pictures of you with a lot of famous people? I bet you do. He said, with everybody. He said, good, hold on to them, and you can hang them on the wall of your car wash. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, and and I gotta, now I had heard that Damon Wilson became a preacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the story. He was like a really? Reverend Ike type, yeah. briefly, and they gave it up. Yeah. I got a couple of questions here, Gil, oh, okay. through social media from our listeners mm-hmm. that I want to ask the boys if we have a. Uh, as Gilbert swings with the. As Gilbert swings. <laughs> social media. Paul, here's one for you. He's uncouth. Here's one for you, Paul. This yeah. is this is from Rob Smentek. How do they know he's going to be on? I told them. <laughs> He wants to know hip hugger or green onions. Oh well, green onions. Green onions. Yes, of course. Dum, that. Dum, okay. Dum, dum. That was the you know the one that uh, broke Booker T and the MGs, and it's a magical little uh, etude almost of R and B uh, that was absolutely magic. And hip hugger is great too, but just a follow up. What what is hip hugger? What was that? I never I don't remember that. Here's hip hugger. Well, here's green onions. Oh yeah. Every band in high school played that. Dory Sherry. Dory Sherry. To the big steamer. And then uh, the other one is this. Ice skating. Put your hip huggers on. Right, that's it. I remember that. Yep, yep. Paul. Put your hip huggers on. Just a. That's the melody. Just a little patience and prudence. Put your hip huggers on and you got a baby let it on, right? Something a little like patience and prudence. Uh, uh, Going to get along with that? Yeah, I didn't go over the last time. Well, yeah, you... long, long, yeah, huh? Uh, who are going to get along with that? Thank you, thank you. That's uh, great. That one? Uh, that was a good song. Uh, Yeah. That's one of my wife's favorite songs. So, Kathy Bidas. Kathy is here exactly. with us. Here's one for you, Tommy. This is from... Wait a minute, I lost it. Uh, this is from uh, William Bozarth. Uh, William Bozarth? Yes, he loves J. Edgar the Musical, ah. which he wrote with Harry. Any plans yeah. wait, to revive wait, William it? William Bozarth the Jew hater? William Bozarth the Jew hater. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, All right. Do you have I saw a, him at the meetings. Any plans to revive J. Edgar oh, the Musical? Well, thank you. What's his name, William? William. Hey, William. Oh, thanks. Anyway. <laughs> no, really. I do appreciate What? Okay. Anyway, uh, Harry Shearer and I wrote a musical, a fantasia on the life of J. Edgar Hoover called J. Edgar! And we had songs in there like Once Upon a Face, oh. which he, he sings to the, Clyde Tolson, who he meets in the men's room of the store club. He sings was he Once in a Upon bag? a Face. It was in, this was before bags. Oh, okay. Um, Pre-bag. Yeah, they used carpet bags in those days. Anyway. Uh, two eyes, two ears, two ears, one uh, a nose, uh, two lips, something. Anyway, once, once upon, once upon a face. Anyway, so uh, we did it as a as a as a radio thing on NPR in this big uh, banquet room in a hotel just after the earthquakes, and so during the show is earthquake, and um, then we did it uh, in the Aspen Comedy Festival. And then we kept thinking, you know, we wanted to get 
J. Edgar Mounted, which he had been in life so often. and John Goodman and Kelsey Grammer, right? John Goodman, Kelsey least. Grammer, Chris yeah. Guest. You weren't in it, Paul, for some reason. I couldn't make it. Oh, yeah, you were invited. Uh, you must have lost my invitation. Yeah, that's what we did. I wasn't. Okay, and anyway, ahead. it's it was a show, but it didn't. I'd love to get it. We've tried to get it on, on the stage a lot, London and in here. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a movie first, I guess. You need a producer. Yeah. Is that? Are you a producer, William? Mm, I mean, yeah, maybe he's. Uh, is he a producer? I don't think he is. We'll uh, check. This one is for Bierko from uh, the lovely Queen. Put Quinn's. your own money into it. I'm not. That's a great read. Should I really? I have the script. It's a great read. <laughs> yeah. Paul, uh, this one's for you, Craig, from Quinn Sutherland. How often did your makeup become dislodged during fight scenes in Cinderella Man, and did you wear a prosthetic nose? I did wear a tiny little piece of a prosthetic nose that they built. It took an hour to put on, and they couldn't find it. That's how thin and small it was, and I don't even know that it read on film. It made you look more Jewish. It made me look more Jewish, I suppose. And they also painted Which your down- mother hated, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> say, oh, God, well, she just thinks they're a bunch of... Yeah. <laughs> That's Bishop Sheen. She was born a Jew. You were but st- Bishop Sheen did a gree-gree thing on her, and she's like, what? Oh, you my know. God. Oh, you what? know, a bunch of lizards. You see, it's like you put oh. those glasses on from oh, that yeah. movie. Like, you were scary, you were scary in that film. And, uh, and what was the other question? Did my makeup come did off? Did your makeup come off during the fight scenes? Was it dislodged? Uh, I don't remember wearing uh, makeup. You were great in that. Well, thank really? you very much. Oh, he man. was. Yes, truly he was. Great I, that was film. before I knew him, and I said, that is a hell of an actor. Well, yeah, you want to know a true story? Is I, I was, I had been what, everything see- else has been lies? So yeah. Yeah. As opposed to the rest. <laughs> Jesus. What, what, what's kind of hostility? Well, you just made everybody full of shit here. Warren, did you get fucked in that you have to come to I'm telling you. No, wait. I, He's a legend. Don't no, talk. I'm on another call. I'm not talking to Bill. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm talking to my agent. Uh, what was I? T- I don't remember. I was talking uh, about true was, story. A story, true story. About, uh, true story about what? This one's uh, true. Man. About what? Cinderella Man. I don't remember. The what truth. Okay. Right. Was a true story. Don't be mad at This one was that. This you one. had a follow-up to Cinderella Man, Tom, yes. didn't you? Yeah, I did. Cinderella man. Oh, Cinderella. I used to live Citarella? across from a Cinderella. Uh. Oh no, that's it's a different, a different uh, movie. I, I, a different movie. A guy the same that, cast. The there, I call him the Cinderella took, man. It took place on Eleventh Street, right? Yeah. All right. Here's one for Gilbert from Maurice Burstinsky. Can Gilbert please sing "Hooray for Captain Spaulding"? Uh, oh yeah. You have a little accompaniment. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I, well, uh, well, that's the other people saying that. Yeah, uh, Ray for Captain Spaulding, the African explorer. Did someone call me Snora? Hooray, hooray, hooray. And there was another the one. Lady. <laughs> wait, wait, there was one that Groucho sang on the Dick Cavage. Oh, yeah. Show, that was the where he goes. Easy peasy. Tattooed lady. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that was Lydia. Oh, Lydia. But he had one. Was it Peasy Weezy? He sang Father's oh, Day. No, no, no. He he sang... Uh, Green Onions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hip hop. Yeah, well, I sing uh, like... Uh, uh, oh, for... Favorite shirts. Captain yeah. Spaulding or Dr. Dr. So-and-so. And he Captain goes... Captain Yeah. And and he, he goes... Find out right uh, Oh. For ailments, my charges are nominal. So it's great for, there's a rage for, tonsillectomy, poor and healthy, uh, sick, uh, poor and healthy, oh, sick and healthy, poor and wealthy, come direct to me. Oh, God bless you, they yell, when I sent them home well. 
for they never, no, they never send a check to me. Beautiful. And, and then I think Margaret Dumont would sing, he is wonderful for curing things, uh, for famine or for drought. You'll find his cure, you'll find his name is like his cure on everybody's mouth. He's never lost a case. I've never lost a case. <laughs> I've lost a lot of patience, but I've never lost a case. That's, <laughs> a, that's old Groucho, right? We're going to have a show. Frank, yeah. Frank. Now, does anybody... I, sorry. Go, go ahead, Drew. Let me... Uh, uh, I'm sorry for interrupting your interruption. Um, Frank, can I just ask uh, Gilbert? uh, Can I ask? We only interrupt during. Can I ask Groucho a couple of questions? (laughs) Please. Groucho, why did you kidnap the the Lindbergh baby? (laughs) Because Chico needed the money. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Groucho, why did you execute the Rosenbergs? (laughs) Because Chico. Uh, <laughs> why did you chop off the heads of uh, Nicole and Ron? Because, oh. because Chico why did you do Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast? <laughs> because, because Chico needs Thank, thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Drew, this one's for you. Oh, this is from Ghost. This is, I don't know this is the name. Ghosty TMRS. Yeah, yeah. Facebook friend. Your Facebook friend. Of all the six of the sixty Saturday morning versions of Laurel and Hardy, uh, Abbott and Costello and the Three Stooges, which do you find the most tolerable? The what? The, the animated the, versions. The you Saturday have another morning. question. I don't like that question. You don't like that no. question. Come on, give I like me a the better. name though. The woman who sent it in. Mm, Good yeah. name. And were you uh, were you or Gilbert fans of the short lived cartoon? Will the real Jerry Lewis please sit down? Which was voiced by David Lander. Well, Tom's I was a fan oh for that God. reason. He was seventeen when he when he voiced that. Yeah, really? it's like actually yeah 1970 I can talk to him. I can talk about that for an hour but that was actually like all Jerry was doing that year was that cartoon even though he had nothing to do with it it was like the Beatles cartoons where the Beatles had nothing to do with them except they played their music but no I don't like the show it was terrible but you know David Lander was the voice of Jerry my father wrote that show <laughs> I remember I with, loved it with the Beatles cartoon the guys doing the voices didn't even bother no, to sound no. they're like old know, guys yeah they sounded like 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 uh, John Lennon sounded like Ronald Coleman. boys, going on an adventure. Yeah. Well, it sounded like they they were hearing it a, impaired. It was yeah. like, they didn't have accents. It was a wolf. It was the it was that guy. It was that guy who used to do the Peter Laurie uh, imitations back in the forties for everybody. And uh, you know, and he did the colossal beast voice. Oh, uh, Paul Freese. It was Paul Freese oh, did John Freeze. Lennon. Everything. Right. He was yeah. like seventy-five when he did John Lennon on that. I think, uh, <laughs> the Beatles cartoon. Now, he watched them. Uh, was he? In, did, did he do the uh, uh, Rocky Bowen? No, that was um, uh, that was uh, um, well, that was uh, what's her face? Name like Freese. Oh, Freese. Uh, uh, June, June, June Foray and, uh, and Bill. And, Bill uh, and I heard yeah. Paul Freese in Humphrey Bogart's last films. They like covered up the fact that Humphrey Bogart That's was right. really sick, and Paul Freese was doing a Humphrey Bogart imitation. Wow, really? In the film, I heard well, the, Humphrey Bogart just go, move his mouth. <laughs> would, I think I think his his voice was getting more and more slow. Yeah, he was oh, dying yeah. of cancer. Oh. But I heard yeah. June Foray was a spinner. Had, had you ever heard that? No. Yeah. What? A spinner? What is that? What is that? Does a anybody, spinner? Can anybody clarify? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I can't. That she was, I know what a yeah. spinner was. Oh, okay. She well. used to mount uh, Dane Clark. <laughs> 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 Alleged, <laughs> allegedly. They wind her allegedly. up and she. 
Allegedly. Allegedly. I, this is what I've always heard. Yeah. Now, can anybody... Uh, Gil, can I ask not, a question? Yes, go I, ahead. I haven't yes, heard all the podcasts. I, I just heard my own, but... <laughs> has, has Frankie ever told I figured as much. Another Dan Clark story? <laughs> no, has Frankie ever told the, the story about the, the girl you try to get a date with at the party? Oh, that's a long story. Oh, but it's I'll so t- great. I'll tell that one. I'll tell that one a future show, I promise. Oh, we don't all have the boys here. I, I know it's a Paul great story. Freeze was the voice of the Cyclops. That's right. In that with Lon Chaney Jr. Burt Gordon loved Burt, Burt Gordon loved him. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, he was. And also uh, the, uh, the amazing Colossal Beast, they brought him in to do the voice. So he oh, did, yeah. did Cyclops and Humphrey Bogart. Right. And he did the narration for Manchurian Candidate. Wow. Yeah. That's right. Here's one for uh, Mr. Persky. What? From Joanne Rosado. Christopher Lee turns 93 this week. Can you tell us about working with him he was on Serial? Uh, yes, movie he was wow. terrific. Oh, he know. played the That's head right. of a gay motorcycle club. <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> He he was a terrific guy. I I enjoyed him a that lot. That was an amazing a, cast a, in that film. Spent, it, it was. It was a good movie. Yeah. It's known as uh, as a cult film. Yeah. Yes. Great cast. I think the uh, Scientologists watch it. <laughs> what was he like, Christopher? Lee? He was great. He was just nothing like you would expect him to be like. You know, he was not arch or, and he was just a guy. He Paul, was really Paul who just left the room, worked with Christopher Lee on SNL one time. I think that's right. Yeah. With, uh, it was Lorraine, the famous Lorraine, yeah. Newman, Lorraine Newman demanded Christopher Lee be the guest, you know, because she was a horror film fan. So they finally, you know, gave in to her and hired him. He was great. That Here's week. one for Drew from. Oh wait, wait. Go ahead, <clears throat> Christopher Lee. I once heard a tape of him where because he served in world war ii yeah and there was during a movie there was one scene where somebody gets stabbed and the actor does a reaction like the guy who's getting stabbed and christopher lee gets up and he goes uh no 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 when when you get stabbed, it's the release of air that you hear. You don't hear it breathing in. It's more like... Mm-hmm. And he directs, so obviously he had at least stabbed one person. <laughs> which I found fascinating. Yeah. He knew Did he exactly. stab anybody when you worked with him? Uh, no. no. How about Martin uh, Ball when you're in close. a movie? Bill Macy stabbed yeah. The director comes up to the actor and gives the direction. That's what I would say. <laughs> and the director releases the director. Yes. Well, Ronnie Howard had been an actor. You're right. You're so right, yeah. man. We haven't. Lon Chaney Jr. hasn't come up once so far. Oh. And well, I'm shocked. Not a, it's not We're going to correct that. I'm shocked. Yeah. Was he was on the show? What? Was he on the show with you, Lon Chaney, Lon Chaney Jr.? I wish. Oh, uh, God. He he's loves Gilbert's, Gilbert's favorite actor. Oh, is that right? Is Lon I didn't Chaney know Jr. That. Why is yeah. he your favorite actor? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I remember when I was a kid, those movies first started coming back on TV, all the Universal. Mm. And so I saw, like, The Wolfman yeah. and all those. And, and, of course, of Mice and Men, I thought he was great in. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I remember the Wolfman, but the only thing I remember was how sad he was that he w- this was going to happen. Yeah, again. Was, he always was sad. What do you expect? You expect? He always had that sad face. He didn't no, want to no, be. No, I didn't expect him to play happy or. You know, he didn't want to be a monster. He never wanted to be a monster. He didn't I mean, want to you, you could see it in his face. Yeah, yeah. He, he fought against it. He wasn't a happy. He was monster. a good actor. He wasn't a happy monster. Communicate. Yeah, you communicate. He was tortured. He was a tortured monster. I remember, and this was what drives me crazy with writers who write about movies and where they don't know 
And so they wrote a review of the Benicio del Toro Wolfman movie. And they said it would have been better if he played someone who didn't want to be the Wolfman. Mm. And they said, you know, like Bill Bixby... And, oh, uh, Jesus. We didn't want to be father. My fortune father. Didn't want to guess thought, Well, how Ooh. about like the Wolfman? Yeah. How yeah. about like Lon Chaney in the Wolfman? Yeah. yeah. Not like that he didn't TV want to be. Yeah. Is that was that it with, with that move? I didn't see the newer one. He's like into it? Uh, <laughs> is he? Makes sense. He, he, full moon, enjoy more nights. Go ahead. Can't wait for my hands to get free. He's like he's like Max Berry. Enjoyed the in the werewolf punishing. movies. They the guy will always complain. You know, I turn into a wolf whenever the moon is full, and you figure, well, that means you turn into a wolf like three times a year. Yeah. yeah. But somehow, so bad. somehow, somehow more times than I do. Somehow in Hollywood, there was a full moon every night. You, do you remember yes. the? Do you remember the the poem that goes with it? Even a man who is pure, pure at, heart. at heart and it says, says his, his prayers by night, night may can become, become a wolf when the wolf babe blooms and the autumn moon is bright. That's a Maria Askenspire yeah. poem. Yes, yeah. poem. And they changed it in the later. Oh, in the Ghost of Frankenstein, they changed to. Uh, when the moon is full and bright. That's right. I noticed that too. Autumn all the time. It was. It was a different poem. <laughs> did. Is that why? Or In the a... royal bathroom oh. filled with royal gas sits the royal queen scrubbing her royal crown. Oh. <laughs> Nipsey Ooh. Russell. Oh, oh. Uh, we never talk about Nipsey. He was great in Car 54. These, he was so These dude. new cut out fashions cause me to wonder in doubt. Are they outside trying to get in or inside trying to get out? <laughs> and how about how he cut off the sleeves? He would cut off his long sleeve shirts mid mid arm below the the elbow. What was that all? Well, that, was was was, that was Nipsey. That was a good look. Absolutely oh, Nipsey. Nipsey. Yeah. It was a good look. Nipsey being Nipsey. He was the poet laureate. Children today are different, as you already know. They used to ask where they came from. Now they tell you where to no. go. Nipsey. Oh, according, no. according to Dan Cupid's plan, there is a girl for every man. I'm here to say if this is true, some guy shacking up with two. Oh. <laughs> oh. God bless him. God he, bless him. He was the Robert Frost of Harlem. He really was. Yes, he was. <laughs> Match game 73. He uh, was that the was the good year. Of match game that was the good year. We all are brothers under the skin. Of this there is no doubt. Then go back under the skin, she said, and send your brother out. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Paul, here's one for you, again, from our pal Jonathan Sloman. Did you have anything to do with the takeoff on Telstar in Mr. Mike's Mondo video? Yes, I arranged the, uh, I scored Mondo video, and Telstar was a number that Mr. Mike uh, got the rights to, and we did it. It wasn't so much a takeoff as we just used the number. Right. Were there lyrics written for it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, somebody sang it. Julius LaRosa came in. <laughs> Julius wow. LaRosa. What a coup. Wow. And sang the, the haunting theme from Telstar. That uh, I think Michael wrote the lyrics, Magic Star above... And then we did another version of it when the cats were 
They were throwing cats in the swimming right, pool. Right, right. That was a whole, like in, in slow motion. We played Telstar in the back. Nice. Hey, <laughs> talk about how we worked with Gene Pitney. This is one of the greatest things in my life because I. Gene Pitney was my favorite singer when I was a Town kid. Without, Town Without Pity. Town Without Pity, Town Without yeah. Pity Liberty Valance. Sure. Meryl shot Liberty Valance. We did wow. T- yeah, oh, God, yeah. So he, we did a takeoff half of... Half heartache, half heaven. We did a takeoff of Town Without Pity for the theme to Viva Shape Vegas, which was my uh, Cinemax special that Tom and Harry and I wrote together. Hard to find, but it's yeah, a it must come watch. Back. You can uh, track it down. Collector's item. Yeah, it is. Great. And uh, Tom uh, wrote most of the lyrics to the opening, Viva Shape Vegas, Where Do You Run To? Where Are You Running To? Viva Shape Vegas. And we said, let's get the real Gene Pitney, and we did. We brought him in. And w- so what else? What well, else happened? Well, my favorite thing was, first of all, I, I, I had known you so long, but I said, well, he's, oh, he's, telling, he's telling Gene Pitney what to do. And that, that, was, that was so amazing to me, like... It was great. I mean, and that he looked like Gene Pitney. Yeah, but you kept Should saying look. to him, "More, more, more Gene Pitney." <laughs> oh. Remember, you could say more Gene Pitney because he wasn't more. pitneying up enough for you. He wasn't really. He didn't kill it. No, maybe it was in the wrong key, and that's why I kept saying more Gene Pitney. And he was saying, "I this is my meat. I can't understand. Why can't I get this?" So uh, we, you know, we got oh, something. That something was a big pretty thrill good. in the showbiz. Yeah, yeah, boy, those are two great. Yeah, when Liberty Valance came to town, town, the women would run and hide. hide. They would run and hide. When Liberty Valance came to town, the men would step aside. Cause the point of a gun was the only law that Liberty understood. When it came to shooting straight and fast, he was mine. Cause the man who shot Liberty Valance, he shot Liberty Valance. He was the bravest of them all. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paul, who yeah. wrote that song? Uh, Timken, Dimitri Tiomkin. Oh, I thought Burt Backrek did. No, he wrote a, a later song for him. Wow. Oh, for and Paul. Have Heartache, I think. When yeah. we well, wait a minute. Stopped. I guess wait. Dimitri Tiomkin wrote Town Without Pity. That's yeah. right. That's right. So you're right. Yeah. Bacharach did write Liberty Valance. You yeah. are absolutely right. Thank when you. we stopped to gaze upon a star, <laughs> Pete. <laughs> when we stopped to gaze upon <laughs> a star, <laughs> people talk about how bad we are. We keep love alive. How can anything survive when these little minds stare us in two? It isn't very pretty. What a town without pity can do. Seeing the coming attractions for Town Without Pity, and I was just a little kid. I mean, give, I was just about—I don't know, whenever it was. You're out. giving away your age. 
<laughs> yeah, I can't give away my age. Anyway, <laughs> but but the coming attraction, what the movie was about was these soldiers uh, had their way with a gorgeous young German girl while they're serving overseas. And the, I remember the coming suddenly you say had their way with I don't you. Yeah. What happened? Did show. I doze and yeah. you became a <laughs> really? had their way? Frank Gorshin's taking a shit on George Kirby no. 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and you think that's their way. Had their way way. All right, touche, touche. Jesus. Speaking of music and songwriting, I think we should just uh, acknowledge that Billy wrote oh, a, a song that famous. was rec- famously recorded by Phil Foster. Yes, Billy, let's tell keep us a, the Dodgers in Brooklyn. Tell it, us a little bit about it. Wow, I, don't, I wish I knew yeah, that, that one. I you didn't know. know. Oh, want, do I remember? Can, Let me can see. we hear a second let's of it? Let's keep the Dodgers in Brooklyn. Did you hear the news about what's happening Fabulous. in Brooklyn? We really got the blues about what's happening yeah. in Brooklyn. It ain't official yet. We hope official it don't <laughs> get. But beware, my friend, and let me warn you. They're thinking of taking a bumps to California. Let's keep the Dodgers in Brooklyn. A house is not a home without some love. Don't let them leave our premises, L.A. would be their nemesis, cause Brooklyn rips the Dodgers like a glove. Mr. Walter O'Malley, we always called you Pally, we stuck with you through thick and thin. But if you take away our Dodgers, guys like Luke and Hodges, we ain't no pal no more the way we've been. Let's keep the Dodgers in Brooklyn. That's My house is not a home without some love. Don't let them leave I like the next verse. I like the nemesis because we can miss the Dodgers like a glove. We offer our bridges. You could take them, widges. I love that. But we all feel so glum. Without Duke and Gilliam, we need one left to jump off in despair. Really, what would Brooklyn be without the Dodgers? Well, Brooklyn would be like a pair of socks that's holy, without Jackson and Samoli. Like a bed without a pillar, without Erskine and Perilla. Like a ship without a harbor, without Padres and the Barber. Like the sun without its shine, without Zimmer and Levine. Like the birds without a bee, without Austin and Pee Wee. And here I am, a poet, and, and I, I didn't, didn't even, even know it. <laughs> so send the Phils to Trenton, the Giants to St. Paul, but keep the bums in Brooklyn, the greatest ball of all. So let's keep the Dodgers in Brooklyn. Actually, Sam and I are singing in the background. It's you and Sam in the background? In the background. Phil Foster. Keep the Dodgers in Brooklyn, USA. We really love them. Keep the Dodgers that was really a big song at the time. Oh, that's great. Made 11 cents. I great. <laughs> no, and it's God. great that it really worked. You should have just... What? <laughs> Yeah, I can't tremendous. believe you went on to do even greater things. Yeah. Now, mean, Phil <laughs> Foster and that, that whole group of guys, those comedians. Catskill guys. Those, yeah. The Catskill guys. There was there was nothing like those guys. They were so funny. They used to all get in one guy's car 
and drive up to the Catskills. It was just an amazing time, and they were funny. Did you see Jerry Lewis perform? Uh, yes, up in the Catskills. Yes. Yes. He saw him when the he night. There? They, second I, night I was the oh, in Atlantic oh. City. I lived in Atlantic City, and they so when did he the up with 500 Club. Wow! You lived everybody in said, "Jesus, these guys!" And so we went to the 500 Club and saw them the Wait, second night. What they were you ever doing worked. living in Atlantic City, huh? You lived in Atlantic oh, City. Oh God, the best place in the world Tell to grow me up. About your dad, Bef- before the oh, you grew uh, up before there. Yeah. shepherding uh, the career of Johnny Casanova. No, yes. Yes, you know about Johnny. Casanova. Are you kidding? I'm buying the right. Uh, Atlantic City before gambling was the most fabulous place you can oh imagine. Oh, it was just great. We, I lived on the boardwalk. My father owned an auction gallery right across from Steel Pier. We all used to ride our bikes to school on the boardwalk. Oh, it was great. And my whole childhood now, 30 square blocks, is a parking lot. <laughs> I went down there to look. It's gone. There's nothing but buses coming in, driving over my Childish body. Ah. Oh, Atlantic City was great. When when the gambling first came in, it was like hotels came down like from from nowhere, and there were people's legs hanging out from under them. It was it was they put them any place that there was a building, and they built inside of it so that they could get the gambling up fast enough. They didn't build new hotels. They just took was, over things. There was always gambling up at Skinny D'Amato's uh, well, upstairs the, over the club. Yeah, right? well, yeah. Well, and Skinny D'Amato never looked very skinny The 500, no. Yeah, it wasn't no. skinny. No. I, no. it was fo- <laughs> I think it was ironic. <laughs> I saw a lot of photos of him. He never looked skinny. <laughs> yeah, good I point. always wondered about that. Yeah. Oh, God, it was a great place. Wow. Here's Is this the co- sixth hour of the show? Here's a couple of last quick ones, and we'll wrap it up. How long have we been doing this, Mr. Crowley? Yeah, I'm telling you. I lost the suit who's, size. Can we just find out who's the president? I want to find out who, who's, who's president the president now. What, Rich, from Rich Brown, uh, Craig, will you be in the Three Stooges sequel? And did you love working with Dabney Coleman? I loved working with Dabney Coleman, who is one of the great, uh, funny, bad guys. I think he's just, I think he was an is an impeccable uh, uh, comic actor. He's one of those guys who we were talking about who they do something so well that nobody else could do it. I remember there was one joke that was the first, remember a show called Buffalo Bill? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. The first great. joke, great. it was the greatest on-character joke, and it was the very first joke. Someone comes in, and he's doing his makeup. He's getting ready to do this. He plays a small-town talk show host in Buffalo. And... Um, and uh, someone comes in and goes, "Hey, Frank Robinson is Frank Robinson is." Uh, uh, he goes, "Frank Robinson." Jeez, oh, let me make me try to remember it. Because Frank Robinson just died, and and he turns around and and uh, Dabney Coleman goes, "Oh my God, you're kidding me, Frank Robinson? Oh my God, oh my God!" He goes, "He's uh, he's he's he's." Uh, he went in his sleep. It was painless. And he goes, oh, he died. I thought you said he was here. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if the Hitler story went over like that? God. Had you not steamrolled through that? Hey, hey, Craig, someone meant to, to, someone said to ask you, someone tweeted me, did you fuck Sheena Davis? Good question. It is a good question. Yeah. <laughs> I question. don't know. Oh, did you fuck Gina Davis? Yeah, the eighties were weird. How about Ozzy no, Davis? What about the Three Stooges movie? The, the <laughs> Three Stooges sequel. You got to. Uh, I seriously doubt I would be. Don't uh, mind me uh, sitting next I, to you. No, I know your feeling. You know, I told you. I know. It took me a month. But, 
Craig got he, the part in the Three Stooges movie. And it said, took me a month to call tell... him and tell him that I was doing the Three Stooges movie. <laughs> right. I said, it's okay. It's work, <laughs> is, work is work. It's I okay by me. It's fine. If they, if they let, if my character somehow became Shemp, I would do it and to honor. Yeah, I think Linda Hunt, here. Linda Hunt would play. <laughs> perfect, perfect Shemp. I have no, a whole, I doubt, I have I doubt that I, uh, yeah, I think, you know what I heard is that they're going, that what they're going to do, because this time they'd like people to come and see the movie. They figured let's, <laughs> the formula was interesting last time, but what if we get people in a theater facing the screen? What if we do that? <laughs> and then they're going to go, maybe it'd be a different experience. So they're going to have like, a, I think they're going to get like a big action star. So who knows? Maybe Dwayne Charlton Heston. Johnson as Joan Shemp. Namath. What? Are they yeah. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Johnson. Who's going to be Curly Joe Dorita? I don't know. Brad, I, I, don't Brad know go, the, I don't know if they're going to go into the deep cuts. They, well, are uh, they going to bring back Larry David as the nun? That was like, <laughs> Drew, well, loved they, that They part. were talking originally. <laughs> I heard that the movie was going to be um, Benicio Del Toro as Mo, uh, Sean, Sean Penn. Penn as Larry. And Jim, Jim Carrey. I can tell girl. you, even insider information. When I was doing Cinderella Man, they flew to Australia to speak to Russell about being Mo. I can't even imagine. But can you imagine, wow. like the world's Mo? The wor- he's Mo Howard to the world. Wow. And they 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 were there for the weekend, and he was talking to him. Oh, seriously. Hold on a second. Paul's <laughs> penis is yelling. Paul call. just made five dollars of his own. Told him not to call me. Every Greg Bierko story. Get your knee What is that? <laughs> There's no way to. I'm sorry. It's amazing. Greg, I finally get a great story out, Greg, and I'll I'm get. Sorry. Oh, he had 30 second cancer. <laughs> yeah. I'll die of 30 All second right. cancer. It's the only case ever. <laughs> well, Gilbert. What? Whether I interrupt or music, uh, it doesn't play. matter. Who was it? Is everybody all right? No, I don't yeah. know. Who I found you right. <laughs> I made forty-seven cents. Now I want to know: Did Russell Crowe know that these guys were coming to pitch him the part of Mo? Uh, yeah. How or did he get there and go? I heard you the story. I heard the story from one of the people who they were. There were a, there was a whole group of uh, people that they were going after at one time. And this was while we were shooting Cinderella Man, which would have been two thousand five, I guess. Uh, Paul Giamatti. They wanted to do Larry. Uh, they wanted to. They wanted just imagine Russell in that goddamn wig. Do you think that's <laughs> the idea? That- <laughs> <laughs> you know, even that, they, they with a, and with an egg beater over a body, and like a, a you know, with the hospital scrubs. They I mean, do you think he even knew who Mo was? I, I doubt it. I, I, you know, I, I don't think it was his thing. Well, you know, it's, I guess he was flattered, but can you imagine? Like, I don't think he was. I think flattered. the Three Stooges' biggest fan is Mel Gibson, and he's also the biggest Jew hater that exists. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah. left him out early. Way to bring it back. Well, he loved the, he loves the Three Stooges. Yeah, yeah. I never got the, the Jim Carrey. I, Jim Carrey's endlessly talented, but he's a big, tall, thin man and curl. I, I never understood how they were going to do that. But, hey, uh, do you know whose father was a Nazi? Uh, who's that actor on the? Uh, well, uh, the political Arnold Schwarzenegger's show. No, no, father uh, was a Nazi. The guy who was in uh, Beauty. Uh, what you know? The guy who's on. What's that political show, honey? In the booth. What political Bill Maher. show? No, no. Uh, the political. But, you know, the one where John he plays Stewart. the president. Mm. With uh, the what? On HBO, he plays the president. What's the guy? He played Bobby Darren in a movie. Oh, well, Kevin oh, Spacey. Kevin Spacey. 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 Yeah. His father was a Nazi. Well, it was a big story wow. that came out like a m- couple of months ago. I like it. Uh, you didn't read this? I can't believe you. <laughs> We're breaking news. What have you guys been doing? <laughs> what have you been so busy so you didn't know Kevin's this? I'm going to spread it. Up. Father was if a you Nazi? look it up right but now, that would have been like a Nazi in like six in the sixties, like a yeah. hippie yeah. Nazi. Like a but hippie he would Nazi. Dress up. His father would dress up like Nazi. Adolf Hitler, like George Lindbergh, like like every night. 
Nice. Every night he would dress up like strut Hitler. around like well, Hitler. Yeah. Was well, he vegetarian? I, I At least he was home with his they, kids. They found photos of Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> father. Oh, he really and, was. A Nazi. Yeah, he was a, a higher up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And he was a wannabe Nazi. Yeah. And this guy's fine. <laughs> well, it's, I, which is fun to say. Oh, so yes. I have to start wrapping up the show. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, my God. Are you Good Lord. brought up Tom Burrow. Burrow That's thing. only Finally. been two hours. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. I want to ask Tom. That's a marathon. If he, <laughs> Tom, did, did, did you paint Paul Benedict's house? Yes. You, all right. That's all I want to know. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. What, 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 what color? <laughs> and he had uh, agromegaly. What color? I, I, I don't remember the color. <laughs> I do remember it was June. He did have acromegaly like Ronda yeah, Lackey. Yes, yes. Because, yeah, he That's was the guy he from, uh, from the Jefferson. Yeah, the Jefferson. I heard he no. was in a play. Yes, and true story. He told me that story. Yeah, a doctor said to him, uh, could you come back? I want to meet you backstage. And he thought he wanted an autograph. And the doctor said, I think you may have acromegaly. Yeah, the Rondo Hatton disease. Yeah. I, I said the same thing to Judy Carn. <laughs> was this after Burt Reynolds beat her up with the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he had that, and that's why he couldn't paint his own house. <laughs> Somehow you can't paint your own house. Have a, if you have that that's right. the disease. So, that's the disease. <laughs> you can't paint your own house. <laughs> like eight hundred million people get. It. See, they're telling me to wrap up. Oh, we oh, we've been, we've been we're just getting started. We're just post. getting started. Nutmeg post with our engineer Frank. Verderosa. How Frank. did we get him? How That's did you so get him? You're a chap. How did you and get thank him? you, Nutmeg. <laughs> this has been Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. Can we with go out with a song? my co-host, Frank Santo Padre. We've had on... And <laughs> <laughs> the dirt that the bottom of the totem pole is uh, dug into. The bottom... <laughs> The bottom of the barrel will start and then build from then. So, of course, the very bottom of the barrel, Craig Bierko. Yes. Thank you, Craig. Yes. Yeah. It's the bottom of the barrel. It's the bottom General music. <laughs> Just general music. Drew Friedman. Drew. Woo. Drew, do you yeah. have a new book, you have a new book uh, that you're working on? Uh, it's okay. okay. What is the new book? Uh, I forget. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so much for the plug. How could you forget your own book? We should say Drew Freeman is the defender of the classics. Yeah, yes. he really is. He really is. He's he a is. purist. Tom Leopold. What are you yelling? He lost you. Bill Persky. The old timer. The legend. Comedy legend. The old timer. And of course, on organ, Paul Schaefer. Thank you. Hey. What a guest we've had today. And just, this is, since this has been a year, I just want to say that a lot of people go into the making of this podcast. We want to thank them really quickly uh, Rodney Swearingen, Sean Marrick, Heather Cooney, uh, Maria Spurlozzi, uh, Eddie Marino, Glenn Schwartz, uh, Stuart Hirsch, Andrew Stephen, Wade Snook. Mike McPadden, our social media director, Darren Foster, and, of course, the lovely Dara Gottfried. We could not yes. do a show without her. It would just be Gilbert and I on the F train asking people about Bill Bixby. <laughs> <laughs> and how about Joe Franklin? The and only- we want to say something. Yeah, and, yes, Joe you, Franklin. Your only uh, guest who has passed away. God bless you, Joe. Oh, he, he's the only one? I don't feel so good myself. I'll tell you, if this runs another, if this runs any longer, I'm going to be the second one. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It was a treat.
you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny and I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.